this time of year <coughs> and thank you for your support for the past four years we're in season four it's hard to believe it's been that long but it's been a pleasure to serve the entire world what little information I can get my hands on. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> For those who follow the Matrix and the Terminator, you may want to check this online on your social media. A woman by the name of Sophia Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, Stewart, Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Sophia Stewart. She's claiming and has been to court to prove that she has had the copyrighted materials of her books from which the derivatives all came. The, the movies, the prequel, the prequels, the sequels, the games and toys and whatever else is out there, anime, whatever else is out there as it relates to the Matrix and the Terminator, which, according to Sophia Stewart, she has had the copyrights from going way back to the 19, early 1980s. She's had the uh, original script. She wrote that while she was at USC, University of Southern California, in the graduate program for film school. And she explains in over 4,500 to 5,500 or more by now, different interviews that she's done. Many of them you can find in the social media streams, YouTube, and all the other uh, platforms. She's been interviewed and so many times, and she had such a uh, rough ride in Los Angeles, uh, coming here from New York. She had such a rough ride, such a raw experience. She had to move her court case to Utah in order to uh, to finally get the justice that she was looking for. It's a fascinating story. It is so, so incredible. But she has proven to me beyond 
a shadow of a doubt that she is the author, creator, owner of two of the top movie franchises and all the derivatives from her books. She has, uh, in my opinion, she has the integrity, even though most people don't make a distinction between reputation and integrity. Reputation is what other people think of you, think about you. Your integrity is really who you are, what you're about, how you move in the world. And when you hear this woman with a open mind, open heart, you, if you've lived a long time, you'll know this woman is full of integrity. She hasn't really lived long enough to be able to say outmaneuver these multi-billion dollar movie studios in, in, in that industry. So she gives all the credit to her God. All right, you don't want to miss her story at all. And um, of course the naysayers, they, uh, they will pile on, jump on, and um, she gets the trolls and all the, the hate and all that. But she's anyone that has an ounce of uh, wisdom and knowledge will know that this woman is, is for real. So you do definitely want to check out Sophia Stewart, the author and creator of, the, of two major franchises, The Matrix and The Terminator. She explains how her intent was that the Terminator would be the prequel. It would be the beginning of the Matrix. And then she goes into great, great detail about all the, the uh, storylines and the characters, the plots and themes and even if she goes into detail about her background. She grew up in New York City and just uh, a fascinating, fascinating life story, history, her education, and she's basically a prodigy after she finished her, her elementary school she was able to skip high school by taking the New York Regents. She took an exam called the New York Regents and uh, she passed that and uh, 
bunch of other dynamic things that hardly anyone can do in this life unless they're a prodigy or a genius, which she claims to be a prodigy. She went directly from the eighth grade into college, New York City, and she finished there. And uh, she was well equipped to do both her undergrad and her master's at the same time, but she didn't. She finished her undergrad, graduated with a degree in journalism, and majored in law and um, psychology. And then she came to the West Coast to the University of Southern California to do graduate work in in uh, their film school, one of the country's top leading film schools. And uh, that's where things really, really get exciting and just her life just takes off from there. She gets into the the uh, all into the world of the West Coast, the entertainment world, sports. She becomes engaged at one point. According to her narrative, she became engaged to Muhammad Ali, the boxer. And uh, they didn't marry, but um, they became great friends. And she has, uh, in her interviews, all the many high-profile sports and entertainers that she befriended or met, spent time with. And she claims that the, the Jackson family, uh, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, and that family, they, uh, they discovered her and that she wrote uh, some of the material that Janet Jackson later did in, in television. And it just, it gets more and more fascinating. And the more you hear it, the more you can decide whether or not you find it credible. But it's um, something that has completely, completely changed the way I, I view the University of Southern California, the way I view the movie industry, the legal industry, the legal system, and many other other systems. Uh, she was uh, she was able, believe it or not, she was able in Utah. She had enough. Uh, education and experience after working in law firms in New York. 
she was able to defend and win her case against some of the major movie studios in Los Angeles. And um, she, they sent, I mean, these big law firms. She, it was her against several different big law firms where she was outnumbered 10 to 1 or more. And she was still able, even though she had to battle for years, she said it took about seven years um, uh, after she finally got into Utah court. And uh, it took about seven years for her to battle back against so many different power structures and dynamics just within the court system. And she educates everyone that's listening so that after you hear what she says, there is no way anyone can think the same about all these powerful systems that basically can ruin our life if we aren't aware of what we're up against. So, I mean, you'll feel so empowered. You'll feel so educated. You'll, at least you the fears that you may have had, personally speaking, I can't really think of. <laughs> when it comes to the things that she was speaking about, I can't really think of any myths and fears that I had that she didn't resolve. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness, you have to hear this lady. And, uh, you know, it's just like she wrote in her, her uh, story that she created the matrix, the red pill and the blue pill. She breaks all that down. You want to hear how she explains the red pill and the blue pill. The red pill representing the blood of the human. And the blue pill representing the uh, ink of the machine. And she uh, explains how yeah, I guess some of you who are big fans, she has a quarter of a billion fans all over the world and, and growing. Some of you already know more than what I could tell you. But, um, the blue pill and the red pill has a, a whole story behind it, behind them. If you remember Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne, yeah, played uh, Morpheus in The Matrix, and uh, Keanu Reeves played, I think his name was Neo, or Neon, 
Nian and Neil, but she explains the history behind their names. Just, this woman is so incredible. You know, she could, you could, her interviews run for hours, and she does get really triggered because she's had to fight so, so long for her copyrights to be validated and protected. She had to fight, I mean, every power on earth, every power on earth. And so that would make anyone feel triggered when people, in her opinion, if people are unnecessarily disrespecting her work, you can see how easily she gets triggered in some of her interviews. She will quickly, quickly check the interviewer. So um, she's a very, very, very mature person, not for, <laughs> not for anyone who doesn't want to, as she would say, unplug from the matrix. <laughs> she wants to educate everyone to become free, tr truly free thinking and use our free will and um, basically just not walk around without knowledge of all that we can have in our life and all that we can do in our life. Because it, there's so much to learn from this woman. I, I'm sure it's been at least two weeks since I've been listening to her interviews and uh, I've been trying to find sample copies of the ebook. She said you can download her ebooks. She's all the way up to Matrix. The Matrix. Four or five. You can go to online to The Matrix. Terminator.com or The Truth about thematrix.com or just type in Sophia Stewart in your browser and you'll get pages of information. But she does have uh, an ebook on Amazon as well as the hard copies. I can hardly wait to get her books. As a matter of fact, I emailed her because uh, she's a beloved uh, sister Trojan. We both are USC Trojans, so I actually wrote her, emailed her, and if she responds, perhaps uh, she might she probably would consent to a, an interview if she'll allow me 
to interview her. And if she doesn't rip me to shreds, <laughs> if she doesn't rip me to shreds, then uh, I can either put it on uh, on Spotify or YouTube or both or I don't know if Twitter now called X. I don't know if they would allow that. Either way, um, if she replies to my email, which I don't expect because she is, uh, she is in demand all the time. When she's being interviewed, her phones are going off and this, that, the other people constantly calling her and she's writing all the time, interviewing all the time, busy all the time and, uh, She's teaching. That's what I learned yesterday, last night. We can go on her website, sophiastewart.com, go on her uh, website, and she says, uh, click on something. I forget what you click on now, a menu or somewhere, and it will show a uh, link to sign up for some classes she wants to teach everyone writing and I mean isn't she's a fabulous teacher just listening to her interviews she's teaching about law you get a sample of of New York law LA law Utah law uh copyright patent uh trusts and deeds, those types of security. She had everything that she learned. She's trying to teach it to empower everyone. So don't worry. You don't have to agree with her. That's not what she's not trying to uh, convert a sinner to a a saint. She's not doing that. She simply wants to share information. Share information. I think that's what I learned as well in life. That when the the best revenge, massive success, massive success is the best revenge. And for me, Massive success is to share whatever information I can, like Sophia, share as much information, take my lemons, make lemonade, and pour a glass of lemonade for the whole world so that they, nobody will have to repeat whatever experience, negativity or hate or whatever uh, negativity there is in the world. If we can help people avoid any traps or any 
heartaches or pain in the world. That's what I've learned. It's not necessary to uh, seek revenge because massive success based upon your principles, whatever your faith or belief system is, that's your free choice. But if you're moving in a, a space where you're operating from your own belief system and your own principles and beliefs and, and truths, then you're basically unstoppable. You, you will be successful whatever your definition is of success. You will, you will find that. And you exercise your free will until you get your justice. So, you know, it's not necessary to troll and hate and, and lay and wait and all that crazy insanity. It's not necessary because there are people like myself or Sophia that will more or less point people in the direction and I can point you to her. Somebody else can point you or already pointed you to me and I'm pointing you to her. She can point you to a million other people. So you see, those of us who basically, um, you know, elevate people in our remembrance, if we elevate people in remembrance, then the same thing happens to us. You know, here I have for the last four years, I've tried to elevate consistent, consistently through this podcast, the whole world, or whoever I could reach in the world. And then along, out of, I consider, you know, by divine inspiration, here comes Sophia Stewart on YouTube. That's where I believe I found her. And I later recalled that I heard her name mentioned before, but I didn't, I had heard before from a reliable source that she was the true, the real author, creator of the Matrix and the Terminator, but it was her uh, copyright had been uh, fraudulently stolen the derivatives from the copyright. You can't steal her copyright or anyone else's copyright. I mean, if it's a hundred years after their death and no family member or no one in, else in the public domain has taken it, taken it and capitalized off of that copyright that was in the public domain, then sure, we can go and use a copyright that is in the public domain and the author is no, or there, no one else is no longer interested in it. In other words, their rights have been severed. But, you know, the, 
holder of the copyright is still alive. If it's a copyrighted uh, copyrighted game or copyrighted movie or anything other than the copyright to her books, The Matrix and The Terminator, everything else is a derivative from that copyright so that they can't just overstep her copyright and say, well, I'll make a game or I'll make some other derivative that she hasn't made yet and then I'll own it. No, it doesn't work that way. Everything flows down from her copyright. Anything that comes from her original source, she owns the copyright. So these billion dollar studios, they owe her billions of dollars. Now will she ever see the cash? Perhaps not. They have sort of like uh, tried to offer her five million, seven million, even some of them have tried to offer her 30 million. She turned it all down because she tells us at what levels, you know, how many, how many millions are assigned to what level uh, movie that is a derivative of a book, a copyrighted book. And um, she's, her, her books, Matrix and, and the Terminator, they're at the same level, at the top tier level, say at the minimum 70 million to produce a movie, all the way up into 300 million and above. The studio would have to pay that. And they still would not own the copyright to the source material. They would have a branch, a license of the franchise. Sort of like McDonald's or any other franchise that you see. People can buy a franchise, a license to the original franchise. That's how that works. But they try to nickel and dime her simply because she's a woman of color and she's female. And that's how America works in many parts of the world. It's still like that if you're female. If you're uh, uh, anything other than a stereotypical model, cookie cutter model, then they, they have us, like many of us, have these blinders on. We have these uh, stereotypical biases. And uh, all I can say is after hearing Sophia Stewart, she's taken blinder after blinder off my eyes and She's completely, you know, cleansed my, all my, I feel like any myths or uh, 
stereotypes that I had about all of the things going on on the West Coast, the East Coast, and every point in between. Well, yes, this is someone you want to hear. And like I said, if I ever have the opportunity to interview her, I will do it. Even if she just, you know, if she feels triggered by anything, that's fine. You know, I just feel as though the interviewers that she was triggered by were the people that didn't do any research into her background. They wanted her to do everything to do, to interview herself, basically. And, you know, how difficult is it if they have online, how difficult is it since they, they're already online for them to do a little bit of research? She didn't, she wouldn't meet them halfway. She's not that difficult to interview. I mean, it's just do the, do the work, and she's happy to answer all the questions. But I mean, after she's done thousands, thousands of interviews, all that information is available to us. Why should we deliberately insult her by not even bothering to do the, the research? not even bothering to mention her books, the name of her new books, show a copy of it, um, show some interest, you know, show some signs of life. <laughs> you know, this woman, she's working around the clock, not only for herself, but, you know, as she said, if they can violate her copyright, criminal copyright fraud is what she experienced. She felt that the government didn't defend her copyright. And she was willing to take on the government. She fought all, everyone, north, south, east, and west, just to, to defend her copyright. And she still has to fight it every day. And she, I mean, she, she isn't a perfect example of how to live your best life. I'm sorry, there's no one else still on this earth that I can look to and say, I've learned more from them than I did from her. No, I learned more from her than all the professors in the universities, <laughs> than everyone that I felt was wise, that I thought I learned from. Yeah, they're wise. No, nobody's on her level. So, thank you for listening. I didn't intend to keep you this long, but just have a safe and happy holiday season, even if you don't celebrate it. Have a safe life. Just stay alert, awake.
I noticed that, um, you know, sometimes you go places and you just have to really keep your head on a swivel. You have to move fast. No, you have to be ready to protect yourself. Okay, love you guys. Thank you for your support for so many years. I got the whole uh, report back from Spotify for the whole year. Or however long I've been with Spotify. I don't know when exactly Spotify purchased Anchor. But I got the 2023, the whole year, statistical report. And you all are fabulous. <laughs> you all are fabulous. They broke everything down into categories. How many people uh, are in the top 10? How many people had this program in their, this podcast in their top 10 list, in their top 5, in their top, they just break it down like that. And which episode is the has the most uh, followers and listeners? They they do a complete thorough analysis, and you all are just wonderful. I just cannot thank you enough for your support and for sharing. They break down how many people are listening to a shared episode. Thank you again for sharing, for listening, following. (laughs) And taking care of yourself and your families. Okay, love you guys, bye-bye.
your mates with a divine council. Once upon a time in a distant galaxy, there lived a remarkable lady named Tevia. She possessed a unique gift, the ability to travel through space and time. Tevia's powers allowed her to explore different dimensions and interact with celestial beings. She was chosen by the divine forces to embark on a mission to the third heaven where she would organize the angels to save the world from impending doom. As Tevia arrived in the third heaven, she was greeted by a magnificent sight. The angels, with their radiant wings and ethereal glow, welcomed her with open arms. They recognized her as the chosen one, the savior who would lead them in the battle against the forces of darkness. However, Tevia's journey was not without challenges. The demons, furious at the threat she posed, launched a relentless attack that lasted for hours and hours, days, weeks, months, years, on and on. Tevia, with her unwavering determination and her guardian angel by her side fought valiantly against the malevolent creatures. The battle was fierce, but she emerged victorious, banishing the demons and restoring peace to the heavens. Just as Tevia was catching her breath and conversing with her guardian angels, a new threat emerged 
a group of wild banshees. Banshees were cunning and relentless, posing a formidable challenge to Tevia and her allies. Realizing the gravity of the situation, Tevia and her guardian angels convened with the Council of Elders. Together they strategized and devised a plan to rid the heavens of the devil, demons, and their newfound allies. The Council room became a hub of intense discussions as they meticulously crafted a strategy that would ensure victory. Days turned into weeks and weeks into months as Tevia and the Council of Elders worked tirelessly to finalize their plan. The fate of the heavens and the world hung in the balance, and every decision carried immense weight. The council room became a sanctuary of hope where Ideals were shared, alliances were formed, and the forces of good united against evil. As time passed, whispers of their plans began to spread throughout the heavens. The angels eagerly awaited the return of Devia and the council of elders, hoping for news of their impending victory. But the exact details of their strategy remained a closely guarded secret known only to those involved. And so, Tevya and the Council of Elders remained in the Council Room, their mission far from over. The world is waiting for Tevya to return and, in so doing, reverse engineer the satanic curses of the garden 
paradise in which Adam and Eve's deception began. Satan is still using his triple-double game two-faced strategy on humans today. Satan is unable to read our minds, so he is constantly observing us, learning our preferences and behavioral patterns in order to send us special delivery and designer-made packages with sweet temptations satisfying the palates, urges, and sensibilities. Satan, the accuser, then runs and tells the whole world how his slippery trickery trapped another one of God's creatures.